You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. On this episode, we are highlighting the Purdue for Life Foundation. It's my privilege to welcome back to the podcast, the president and CEO of Purdue for Life, Matt Folk. Matt, welcome back. How are you doing? Doing great today. Thanks for having me, Adam. Yeah, it's great to have you back on. I know we talked uh, several weeks ago when we were talking about the union and the upgrades there. Talked about highlighting Purdue for Life. So glad we're getting the opportunity to do this today. Uh, just in case, uh, before we jump into that, for anybody who may miss that episode and didn't get a chance to know you, just give us a quick, uh, brief reintroduction of who you are and what you do at Purdue. Uh, so I'm a 1991 electrical engineering grad, grew up uh, in Huntington, up by Fort Wayne, um, ran a semiconductor sales uh, company, a large one here in the Midwest for uh, the last 20, 29 years. I retired about, well, it's going on three years ago now, and uh, Mitch and the board asked me to form an alumni-facing committee to study all of our uh, uh, divergent alumni groups on campus and how we dealt with alum and foundations and corporations in general. Um, we did that study for about a year, came back and uh, um, recommended an integrated advancement model like most other major universities had gone to a decade earlier, potentially. And in uh, working through all those uh, legal situations with uh, PAA and other groups to pull them in, um, uh, the board and Mitch asked me to just stay on and put the whole thing together. So as opposed to going back into semi-business and running a national sales group somewhere, I uh, ended up here and have been, uh, you know, first two days of pan uh, the pandemic, I think I, I first two days of starting, I sent home 350 people and then uh, canceled day of giving. So we uh, kind of started off from that low point and then sat sat in a dark building for about a year and reorganized about 12, uh, 10 to 12 different groups on campus, pulled the alumni association in and now we're all things alumni and pretty much when you look at the way the university has formed the um, Mitch um, students and research set in the middle, uh, PRF, Purdue Research Foundation that we've all known for almost 100 years now does all the IT work and building out corporations and running airports and research uh, facilities and uh, research parks. And the big thing also that they do in conjunction with us is uh, we raise the money and then they run the endowment. So, and then Purdue for Life is kind of the third leg of that stool. And we have everything uh, alumni, corporate, um, foundation um, facing uh, on campus. So, it's actually quite a big organization. There's about 350, 400 of us that uh, work in that group now. Wow, that's crazy. That's incredible. Uh, talk about, you, you mentioned, you kind of touched on it there already, uh, launching this in March of 2020, uh, Purdue for Life Foundation. Explain what Purdue for Life Foundation is. So it's, uh, it's all things corporate and alumni. So really it's the, uh, kind of the, the idea is to have a much more, um, a much tighter fit with our alumni from graduation through end of life, hence the for life part of it. So we have the alumni association that everyone knows about integrated. We have the uh, development um, uh, unit, which is all fundraising across campus, Fort Wayne, Northwest, global uh, high schools, 
We have uh, President's Council, which is all the stewardship. There's about 19,000 members in President's Council. We have John Purdue Club with uh, 10,000 members there for athletic fundraising. That's the normal stuff that everybody thinks of. Um, we have all events on campus in our office of uh, special events. We have uh, Marcom for all the alumni related um, issues on campus and all Mitch's stuff. A lot of times we have uh, uh, Office of Industry Partnerships. So that's the top 300 relationships with corporate partners. We have foundation relations, private and corporate for the entire university. We have alumni living, alumni learning, building out an uh, online alumni um, university. We have uh, mentorship, volunteerism, um, all those sort of alumni related um, issues across campus. And then we have some other things that we're doing where we're taking over all the business to business support for the university, global and Purdue online. And then uh, we were early on into the game with bringing on Salesforce and a, a customer relationship management tool onto campus um, uh, to begin with. And we're now working with uh, ITAP and the uh, head of IT to bring the rest of the university into that so that we have one system with all the data instead of about 38 different systems running across campus. So we're kind of busy. <laughs> Just a little, right? Just a little bit. And for people who might <laughs> For people who might be wondering, this does not replace Purdue Alumni Association, right? This kind of comes alongside it and just another opportunity for people to get engaged, correct? Yeah, it comes alongside of it. We, uh, If you think about the way alumni associations came about, they came about in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And essentially by default, the university outsourced all engagement to the alumni association and said, you do it, you pay for it, you handle it. Well, 100 years later, the, the, the uh, Alumni Association can't afford uh, to raise the money and to keep everything going the way it needs to be. They were losing about a million and a half bucks a year. Um, so we pulled that in, took that over, and essentially did an agreement where they re-outsourced engagement back to the university, meaning us. So that allowed us to incorporate the engagement. So gathering and working with young alumni to keep them connected to the university and development. And even though those two units sat in the same building for years, um, the leaders of both of those groups uh, basically hated each other and didn't allow the two groups to work together. So imagine, you know, trying to make all the connections and then not feeding that up through the rest of the university for all the events and everything, but just spinning there yourself. So putting all that together, reorganizing everything and taking five or six different events teams and marketing teams and all that sort of uh, back-end situation, reorganizing all that into one group. We saved a few million bucks and have really um, got a, got a uh, you know, I'm an engineer, so I like to look at it as a kind of a closed system with inputs and outputs, and we really have things uh, starting to cook here again. Gotcha. It's a great way to complement each other, I assume. Talk about uh, what Purdue uh, what Purdue Connect is and what where that fits in and all of this as well. Um, Purdue Connect is just really the, um, when you look at that whole CRM Salesforce system, uh, Purdue Connect is just the, the alumni ability to log into that system and get points and for JPC and know what your donations were on a yearly basis and all that stuff. So it's really nothing but a alumni facing portal to allow you to um, 
gain information. So we're actually talking about not even calling it anything other than just a website go here sort of thing. So it really has nothing to do with anything other than uh, um, how we allow alumni to, to log in. It'll become more and more important longer term. I mean, right now you can look at your John Purdue Club points. You can um, go in there and list your information and try and connect with roommates you've lost touch with and all that sort of thing over the years. You can get your tax information, but longer term, once we have a CRM and um, the database built out further, you'll be able to go in there and really you know, look at 400 maybe bullet points across campus and say, I'm absolutely not interested in these 350, but I care a lot about these 25 and I'm lukewarm on the other 25. And then we can feed you data that is only in your interest areas and not spam you and uh, dump all kinds of other information into your email baskets that you don't care about. <laughs> That's good. And, and talk about if, you know, people are, are listening and watching this episode, and this is the first we're hearing about Purdue for Life, and interested in getting involved. Is there a membership fee for Purdue for Life? And if not, you know, whether they're involved in the Alumni Association or not, talk about what's asked of them or required to kind of be part of yeah. Purdue for Life. So Purdue for Life, if you're a, if you're an alum, a friend, family member, a corporate partner, you know, have an affinity for Purdue, love Purdue sports or whatever, you're in. Um, there's no membership fees. There's no cost to participate in any way, shape, or form. It's just really our sort of parent um, corporate identity to try and make sure you're connected. And then we use we use just general events. We use the alumni association. We use president's council, and we use um, uh, John Purdue Club as vehicles to help connect people in. So, if you have an affinity for JPC, go ahead and join the John Purdue Club, and we're kind of the parent of that, and uh, work with them to help help them increase affinity not only with um, athletic-minded folks, but then to work with information on those folks. A lot of them are obviously PAA members, President's Council members, and um, JPC members, along with um, participating heavily in a lot of other things from campus boards to um, volunteer areas or mentorship with groups or whatever. Gotcha. And talk about the importance uh, from the Purdue for Life side of things, the importance of just staying connected with alum and this alumni engagement. Well, obviously, you know, from a from a financial and uh, inward looking standpoint of the university, the more you collect connect your alumni and friends with you, the higher the donations end up coming through to help support campus and staff and research and student um, uh, well being and scholarships and all that sort of stuff that we help provide. But if you think about the triangle of alumni to alumni, alumni to the university and the university back to alumni, we're really trying to also build connections between alumni so they can do business together, they can network, they can improve their um, uh, job positions, they can find other people to volunteer with in their local um, communities, they, you know, young alumni move into a, a city somewhere else uh, in the United States from where they grew up immediately have connections with the alumni clubs to do game watches and you know meet some people in those local towns um, so we're really trying to build that that sort of triangle of connection because it benefits our alum and you know as you talk with major universities and and uh 
areas, especially as STEM-based as we are and sort of a family uh, attitude that the university has, our alumni network is extremely strong across the U.S. And being able to get into a, a city that you're unfamiliar with and get connected, it's a great way to advance your career um, in a faster manner or just, you know, improve your you know, happiness with living in a local place where you can have some friends with some um, common interests. That's great. And on, on the reverse, I assume this is important for people like myself, uh, or like you said, even just fans, they don't even have to be alum, to, to be involved in this as well, because it allows them to get connected. Like you said, maybe find an old roommate or, or have a watch party in another city where they didn't know there were other Purdue alum or fans at. And then again, on top of that, you, like you said, it's you know, at the end of the day, there is the importance of, of raising money for the university as well. Yeah, and once we build out more of this lifetime learning uh, stuff, you'll be able to take um, mini courses for certification or badges that say, hey, I've mastered this, you know, little area of maybe, uh, you know, management, uh, um, some sort of management system or whatever that you can put on your resume and help you advance. And we intend to be breaking up those sort of classes so that we can help alumni in the future advance, whether they're here or, you know, distantly connected. Um, and then there's just volunteer opportunities where we now have the funnel for the whole alumni and student um, base across the university to come in, raise their hand, say, hey, I'd like to, I'm living in this town, I'd like to have a mentor, I, or, or I'm in this area of campus, I'd like to have a mentor and, you know, hook all those sort of folks up. Great. And you just kind of started to jump into my next question, talk about those volunteer opportunities and what those people will do and, and what that means. Okay. I mean, we haven't done a whole lot of volunteerism-based um, connection at the university in the past, um, other than you know, Dean's Clubs and some things like that, but that doesn't hit a wide swath of people. So um, we're doing things like we have day of giving in the spring, we're having day of volunteerism in the fall. So like last fall, we had 300 alums show up um, on a Friday on campus. We literally planted about uh, 80 trees up and down Third Street and totally cleaned up and mulched uh, Hort Park in one afternoon, fed everybody lunch, had a great time. People got to know each other. And uh, the facilities folks said that we did about two months worth of their work in one afternoon. So um, just the ability to help the university out and connect people and things like that. And then, like I said, mentoring students. Um, we have affinity clubs for entrepreneurial uh, minded people, um, other things like that, where just you can connect with like minded people that also happen to be graduates and then somehow uh, work in um, the ability to talk with students and help students advance as they graduate and have some feeling of um, maybe even connection and, you know, wherever they end up. That's cool. That's a really cool. And then you also, I also saw on the website, there's even employment opportunities, right? If somebody's, uh, wants to get involved or looking. Oh for man. I mean, with, with almost now 400 employees we're um, we're building out and we're also, you know, you have the churn. So I think I looked yesterday or the day before we have 20 some positions open right now, everything from web designers to foundation relations people to four or five positions in the um you know um office of industry partnerships was which is kind of like a corporate account sales manager job let alone um people in uh donor relations where 
people have donated that they have worked with the university and we're stewarding them to those next gifts and then we i think right now we have at least 10 maybe 12 frontline fundraising uh, positions open and uh for those listening remotely uh in my semiconductor days you know 90 percent of my employees were remote and were not at corporate or anything like that so i'm very familiar and um, used to having remote employees. So we have really expanded the remote um, work effort here um, coming out of COVID. And uh, so you don't have to necessarily be centered right in West Lafayette or anything to be, you know, be an employee of Purdue for Life. We have them all over the country right now. Gotcha. All right. And if anybody's listening to this and interested in looking for those, looking for those uh, employment opportunities or uh, want to learn more uh, to get involved or just learn more about how to get connected, um, where, uh, what's the website? Where do they go? Um, Purdue for And it's, it's kind of all there. Um, it's the one place alum should probably go to if they're looking uh, for anything else on campus. I, for example, I would get continuously frustrated every year about this point in time when I had to recall where and how to find my tax documentations for my donations every year. And now you just go to the one site, everything's there, log in and uh, get your information or check out your JPC points or, or do whatnot. And there's a whole list of volunteer opportunities. We have travel opportunities around the world where we go with just a bunch of Purdue alum to great locations. And kind of the cool thing about traveling internationally with us is we try and also then set up um, meet and greets with the local alumni uh, organizations in those countries so you might even get some uh, flair of what uh you know a home inside of um you know some foreign country looks like when you're you're having a joint hookup with them so it's pretty cool from that standpoint that's really cool and we talked a little bit about events as well um any upcoming events that uh you want to mention there's always up. I mean, I just looked at the the list. Uh, Lance Conley runs this for us. He does an amazing job. We just were coming off of, uh, you know, a week in Naples where we had 800 people um, nonstop attending events down there. Uh, if you're anywhere in the country, that's a great spring getaway. We have meetings, golf outings, events. Um, it's kind of like an around the world party for alum. Um, we just came off that and we rolled right into the Boilermaker Ball was last weekend in Indianapolis. We had 500 um, uh, boilers down there partying uh, until midnight. It was a great event again. And I was looking on the list. We have 40 some events in the next eight weeks that are all lined up. So that's kind of the pace we work at. The big ones um, coming up are, uh, well, I wouldn't say big ones, but um, meaning the biggest that we do, but the ones that are probably the ability to, to connect with most people on a local basis anyway. We have answer uh, research, um, run, walk thing on uh, what, April 9th. Spring game is that um, same day. We'll do a big tailgate in between. Uh, Spring Fest is that whole weekend. So that's a great opportunity for those close to campus to come back and uh, participate. And then a worldwide event is obviously uh, Purdue Day of Giving is on uh, April 27th. and uh, that's obviously a massive day for us every year. We normally set national records on giving uh, for that day um, and hope to again again this year. So last year, the day giving had about, I think we got about $45 million donated that day. 
Um, we did about 425 million, which was our second highest year ever, actually in the pandemic. And I just looked at the numbers this morning. We have four months to go and uh, a day of giving to go yet. And we're at about 450 million um, so far. So um, we have a, you know, not only are we having a, a generational wealth transfer issue, um, there's some scariness going on in the world. There's some uh, issues with generational uh, income transfer. Um, you know, not only all that stuff going on, but Purdue has a great story with all the rankings. Um, Mitch, Mitch and the board's decision to hold tuition flat for 11 years and lower room and board. I mean, it costs less to go to Purdue now than it did in 2012. Um, and you see that not only in alumni uh, buying into that whole effort and coming hard with uh, scholarships and et cetera to help support that effort, but you see it in the, the admissions numbers. I mean, you talk, everything we talked about is my, I have two jobs, is the, my uh, Purdue for Life Foundation job. I'm also vice president for university advancement alumni engagement, so I'm involved in um, board of trustees agendas and what gets done there. We run the, I run the building committee with a couple other guys. Uh, we have uh, the naming committee on campus, equity task force, a lot of other things we're involved with. But the cool thing is I get to see, you know, what's going on on the university side too. So we're heavily involved now with trying to talk about, do we build, do we build um, the student base out further past the 50,000 that we are on campus now? How many dorms need to be built, et cetera. Um, but the one really cool thing that's come out in the last couple of weeks is we had about 33,000 applicants for the 3,000 spots in freshman engineering. And we had over 80,000 applicants for the 10,000 spots that we're gonna have in the freshman class. So it's amazing the demand for a Purdue degree and, you know, Purdue value of that degree for our alum raises right along with it. So it is amazing how many kids, families I've talked to with, you know, 1500 plus SAT scores that got dinged um, that we're trying to figure out, you know, working with admissions to, is there another way for them to get in the university and, and figure out their way in? So demand is high. Um, applications are high. Rankings are high growth is high. We have about 21 building projects going on in some way, shape, or form from fundraising through finishing them up. Um, lots and lots of good things going on campus. If you've not been back since maybe before the pandemic, there are many areas of campus as an alum, you would not know where you're at if I just plopped you down there. So there's areas of the engineering mall, the, the union. I mean, you wouldn't recognize the union um, the whole build out out where married student housing was. We literally are um, weeks away from announcing, well, formally announcing alumni condos out there. We're already half sold out before we even announced it. Um, we'll be announcing a micro hospital out there by the airport. Um, and across the street will be a 250 um, unit uh, active living learning um, retirement center where we really closely connect alum with the university, allow them to audit classes. They can be part of the co-rec. They can use the golf cart paths up to the um, up to the uh, golf courses. We have a new twenty-five million dollar um, golf uh, clubhouse we're putting in that was donated by Mr. Allen and his wife. Um, 
So just big, big things are happening. There's another 20 million donated to do a new terminal at the airport. Things out State Street are popping. There's a big, uh, big building and uh, corporate deals we have going on left and right. And um, even on campus, um, just big things popping. Yeah, for sure. Wow. It's an incredible time to be a Boilermaker. Ain't that right? It is. Great time to be be a fan, let alone, you know, football and basketball, how good we've uh, been, along with some of the other more Olympic sports. I think at one point in time this fall, we had like nine, nine of the 18 sports were ranked in the top 20. So um, things are going well. Yeah, we got Purdue baseball uh, 9-0 right now as well going into today. Oh, yeah. And you mentioned events. Hopefully one of the events you didn't mention that will be about a month from now is a NCAA Final Four watch party as well, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I'm traveling a lot in the next month on the weekends. So. Awesome. And Matt, as we're uh, wrapping up, anything else you want to add? Um, just, you know, um, stay connected, get involved and give back where you can. And giving back doesn't have to be cash. It can be volunteering or mentorship or, or, you know, joining your local club if you live in Arizona or whatever, but just stay connected to the university. There's so many good things going on and there's so many things we have coming out that can help university, um, you know, alum, fans, friends from all walks of life. So um, keep connected and, uh, and uh, boiler up. Yeah, spoiler for sure. Again, that uh, website is purdueforlife.org. I will include links for that on our website as well on fox59.com, cbs4indy.com. Matt, thank you again for your time. It's great catching up with you as well, again and just uh, talking Purdue and all things, all things Purdue. And uh, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.